call our monthly meeting of the Beautification Environmental Advisory Committee to order and ask us all to stand up and face the flag and cite the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. Very good. Let's have the next item. Uh, if Irene, uh, if you would please do the roll call and determination of a quorum. Sure. Mr. Partlow. Present. Mr. Byer is excused. Mr. Knapp. Present. Ms. Mackler. Here. Mr. Seib. Here. Mr. Chairman, we have a quorum. We have a quorum, so we can go forward. Okay, thank you. Next item on the agenda. Approval of meeting minutes. That's the minutes of the February 24th Beautification and Environmental Advisory Committee meeting. As everyone glanced over the minutes for last month, uh, anyone have any questions, comments, concerns, or issues with the minutes from last month's meeting as posted? Make a motion that we accept the Second. minutes of the last meeting. We have a motion by Glenn, a second by Bob, and uh, uh, any questions or comments after that? Hearing none, I would like to uh, have Irene call a vote. Mr. Partlow? Yay. Mr. Knapp? Yes. Ms. Mackler? Yes. Mr. Seib? Yes. The motion carries four to zero. Okay, moving right along. Very good. Now we have the next item, which is the business meeting items and number two is this new program that we're very excited about, the FPL Evolution. And Jordan, take over. Give us uh, give us the wherewithal of this. Sure. So what um, what I have is I've pulled up the website for us, and it was there was a link um, in the agenda as well if you had a chance to look at it. So this is the FPL Evolution um, site. Notice how they have EV in different letters as electric vehicles. Um, so they pretty much have a couple different things about the, the program. You know, you can find a charger, there's an app, and then there's business solutions. So I actually went in and looked at the business solutions in here, and they say they're partnering with local businesses and organizations um, to put in charging stations. So if you go here and click see the options, and it says electrifying your fleet, which um, the city is purchasing more hybrid vehicles. I actually drive a city hybrid vehicle. I love it. It's fabulous. They're not, you don't have to charge them. Um, they do still run on gas, but they are much more efficient on their gas. My Escape gets over 600 miles in, on a tank, which is fabulous. It's great. And when you turn it on, you can barely hear it. First time I turned the thing on, I thought it was broken. Um, but it's, it's, it's pretty great. So we are moving forward towards purchasing more hybrid, more hybrid vehicles for our fleet. So that's one thing the city's already doing. And then the fast charging is what Dylan has spoke about multiple times as the level three chargers. Um, so we can look at that in a minute. And then the metro area charging, I think is what we're, we were talking about for more of town center 
um, possibly with the multifamily um, parcels having having charging. And as I mentioned last time, at every meeting we have with possible developers who come in, um, we've always been um, suggesting charging stations. So in every single one we've uh, mentioned, you know, we're trying to get more charging stations in here. They've all been very amenable to the idea. If they already didn't have it in their minds, um, they're up to um, putting charging stations either at their amenity center or providing plugs inside garages for the possible residents. So this is, it's becoming much more commonplace in the developers we've been talking to, which is, which is a very good sign. And then workplace charging is pretty much what we have outside, um, providing employees with an opportunity to charge at work. And we can go through that in a little bit as well. Electric buses, and I know, Dylan, you've spoke about electric buses before. Um, obviously, the city doesn't have any buses, but this could be something that the school district may look into, or anybody else, um, for that matter. So which, which one would you guys like to go through first, workplace, metro, or, or fast charging? Well, let's start with the top one, fast charging, if everybody wants to just go there. Sure. Now, I, I know that I think Walla has put in a whole bunch of new chargers, haven't they, uh, Dylan? That's what superchargers, they've been there for um, a number of months now. Mm -hmm. That is private and Tesla, so um, that would be no partnership with MPL. And that's no. more just like a business thing from Tesla. Oh, it's for, it's for Tesla only? Yep. They yeah. will be opening the, opening the chargers up very slowly, but for right now it's, it's private. That's why they distinguish between private and public charging, um, mainly just the Tesla. Yeah, and they're all marketed. They say Tesla really big on them. They're white, they're white and red, I believe. Uh, but yeah, those have been there since Wawa opened. Yeah, I, I saw those mm -hmm. uh, tonight. A friend of mine mentioned them. Right. So looking at the fine print, and this is, I, I've looked through this briefly, so I'm not, obviously not, I'm not an expert on, on the program. Um, so they, it seems like they approved two types of five-year pilot tariffs for public EV fast charging. Um, and we can look below. These are, I guess, are examples of their fast chargers. And it says, are you interested in partnering with FPL Evolution? And then this is the, the brochure that pops up. And this is something definitely that the city can, can look into as far as getting charging stations. And like I mentioned before, we did have proposed locations. They weren't proposed fast charger locations. They were just proposed regular, um, I think level two probably charging stations, uh, as we mentioned before at the community center and um, Holland Park. But if, if they wanted to do fast charging, I'd say the community center might be a good spot. I think it's close enough to 95 or possibly Holland Park. They're pretty much in equidistant to 95, so they, they might be good locations for fast chargers. I don't think any of our other parks are close enough to a highway for them to warrant a fast charger. Um, those are, as Dylan has said before, they're usually like those along um, interstate corridors. Excuse me, Mr. Hey, Long, wanna, if yeah, you want to come up and sit next to Jordan, sure. you can just do that. I meant to ask, I was oh, okay, because it's not always picking up what you're saying. I never know how much of You're good. All right. Um, one interesting thing, I believe this PDF was around um, for the past few years, and I know that um, we had 
previously asked FPL if they were still doing it, and they said, oh, no, we changed our whole program and stuff. So um, I don't see any updates to this PDF, so it's interesting that they link it. So I guess Right, it's that's the same what thing. I thought, too. It's, it's the same one that I've seen before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, the same, it's the same brochure, but it is on the new uh -huh. evolution page, so maybe it's... Not, I, yeah, you know, I noticed when I was looking at this, they, they, it's, as you were saying, uh, they're programmed by highways, but they also say local amenities. Mm -hmm. Now, I think Holland Park or the community center would be perfect right. in that area as a local amenity because mm -hmm. they have programs there that maybe an hour, maybe more people go to the Holland Park and play a ball game and they're right. there for a couple, plug in, they would be, you know, right I think that would be an excellent place to go back to if right. uh, if the city is uh, planning on or even considering uh, getting involved in this program again. Right, right, and I can. It's definitely something that I can reach out to FPL on and see if we want to bring it back to council. As we mentioned, you saw the mm -hmm. presentation we did before to council. We do have new council members at this point, yeah. um, so it, it could be something we bring we bring back forward. I they think they would definitely want to know the the cost analysis of yes. it, whether or not if, if FPL is paying for everything or mm -hmm. if the city's paying for some of it. Um, so those would need to be the details we would need to work out with FPL before we brought anything before council. And it would go to a, a workshop first, definitely, before a formal council meeting. I would suspect mm -hmm. that um, fast charging would be more um, beneficial cost-wise because right. With the, like the charger out there, obviously, I believe the city paid for it. Mm -hmm. um, it's not that much, and so there's not really that much of a benefit in partnering with FPL, especially if you have to sign like a big, long five-year contract. Fast chargers usually are hundreds of thousands of dollars, though, so if FPL is funding that bill, which I don't remember if this part, um, the utility-owned fast charging, um, was part of the old one. This wording sounds new right on the screen there. Mm -hmm. um, so... I mean, I know that they've done FPL, Evolution, fast charging, because I've charged at their locations around the state already. Um, but uh, this is good they're promoting that, at least. So I think fast charging would be well, the biggest what, thing to push. That's mm -hmm. what they're speaking of, yeah. is fast charging. Mm -hmm. Yep. That would be ideal. Well, let's see if uh, we could check on that and find out. So well, let's go to metro area charging. and So this this brochure looks new. It does, yes. This, look, this looks new. Um, so this one they have under their metro area charging. Yeah, um, so this would be more town center based or um, any island walk, the public's plaza, anywhere kind of very, um, as they called it, very metro and very built up. And as we know, town center is, is working towards it and building up more. And that's obviously why the Wawa has those fast chargers there and, and it's close to the highway. So I think these chargers would be would be beneficial in, in places like that. Mm -hmm. And that's something that um, if Island Walk wanted to, they could put them in, they could partner with um, mm -hmm. with FPL or you know, Town Center could put them around mm -hmm. or if the de various developments in Town Center are putting them in themselves, mm. that works too. This is now, a fast charger. Yes. How long would it take, uh, like what's what does it mean fast charger as far as time frame involved in Cranking up full charge when you go in. You go to Island Walk to shop at Publix. Yeah, um, depends on a number of factors. Um, generally, you say 10 to 40 minutes, um, usually on the, the bottom end, but it just depends on a, a lot of factors, somewhere in that range, though. Um, yeah, so many factors. Um, Tesla's usually, 
the newer your car is, the faster it will charge, pretty much, because um, they've been pushing. So if you have an electric car from four years ago, it'll probably take longer than it will if you have one from 2021, 2022. So um, like your car? Yeah, my, my car is a bit of a different story even. Um, it maxes out at 50 kilowatts. The new cars can charge at 350 kilowatts, so obviously that's a big difference. Um, but yeah, one interesting thing I'm seeing here is that it's looking like they're suggesting I'm sure they want more than this, but they're suggesting they just want commitment for parking spots, for parking spots for 10 years, and they will cover the construction, installation, management, and maintenance, um, and electricity costs, because the customers will be paying for the electricity. So right. um, that, that would be good. <laughs> right. I, would, I get the sense that's what they've done at the other spots. They've selected some strange spots for the, um, the pilot program for these chargers. Mm -hmm. um, the one in Lake City is at an abandoned like bus stop for a shuttle to like some national park and the the parking lot is all overgrown and it's next to like a homeless camp mm -hmm. um, it's in the middle of nowhere it feels very sketchy to be at <laughs> so i don't know how they secured that right um, but it's right next to the highway so it works right and i mean if if the case comes to be that the the fast chargers are, are too expensive or the the cost share doesn't work out for the city we can always put in partner with them to put in these at Holland Park or the community center. I think these are the center. fast chargers. Are these the fast chargers? Yeah, I think these those those big ones, at least from what I've seen. Unless right, the picture, but I yeah. I don't know if the with the metro mm -hmm. area if they're if they're proposing fast chargers or not. So yeah. it's always an option if the fast chargers are too expensive to just put in a level two like we have out front. Mm -hmm. It's still beneficial to the public even if it's not super quick. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great idea. You know, I think amenities would not be the community center. An amenity would be a place where yeah. you could park your car, charge it, go to a restaurant, do a little light shopping. Mm -hmm. I know that when my brother travels, he looks for an, a charging station yes. next to a Starbucks. He can lay around and play around with his Wi-Fi while his car charges, but <clears throat> I can't picture a guy coming down I-95 and say, oh, let's go to the community center. How yeah. nice could that be? Generally, well, that's not, not, we're not talking just folks uh, uh, traveling. When they speak of the amenities, they must be speaking of local folks who would say utilize the mm -hmm. amenities. Right, and the city can only put them on our own property. Yeah, which is parks. Yes. basically. <laughs> Generally, I would I would agree. Um, fast chargers, they're going to want to be by at least within walking distance of like restaurants and and light yeah. shopping. I agree. Um, yeah, stuff like the community center ideally would make more sense for level two charging where it's just opportunity charging where, oh, there's an event in the community center, I'll go and then I'll also charge while I'm there. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, obviously there are some, even Tesla has superchargers that are in the middle of the nowhere and you have to walk across the street to go find anything to eat. So um, you just do the best that you can pretty much. Sure. Well, any of them won't be near a homeless camp or a mm -hmm. uh, abandoned and, hey, it would be, bus station. Might be I'm, a future homeless camp. You know, I'm sure know. EV owners will appreciate a charger versus no charger. So um, always beneficial to have something, especially when there's no public charging between here and Daytona and St. Augustine. Right, right. The problem with the community center is there's not enough parking now for people. If you take away spaces to put in chargers, is there going to be even less spaces for people to park? Yeah, I mean, so we they're, have they're aware of the parking yeah, situation. I know. They're I working on it. I talked to the mayor uh, and the presentation for last month, which I missed, was my discussion with him as far as the poor parking for the community center. 
that we have or don't have. So I understand what transpired last month, but there are too few parking spaces now at the community center and to take up spaces more is just suicidal, but that's my opinion. Well, I think something has to be done to address the parking problem at the community center. And we had discussed that last month at our meeting with uh, Bill Butler was here. Yeah, uh, there are a number of, of, of different options. options. Yeah. Uh, Since that community center has been built, they've been talking about the firehouse across the street being demolished and parking over there. So that's how long we've had the problem and no solution. So I, I can't see a big solution in the near future, but that's me. Well, then I think in that regard, probably the community center with the current environment is not a potential location for fast charging or any type of EV charging station since we're just talking the uh, that's my limited opinion. capacity of the that's my opinion and, and I think that's probably a good point okay but yeah um, if anybody wants to to look through this um, feel free to email me or Irene with any comments but um, I'll look into this a little bit more and see if it's um, something I can talk to FPL about and possibly bring before a, a council workshop at some point well, I think we're all pretty much in favor of, uh, of going forward with that, uh, but we don't need anything. Nope. To, okay. Okay. Okay, so uh, that takes care of that item. Why don't we go to the next one, which is item three. Jordan, you are going to give us a master plan update. Right, so Where I know. Where are going with Central Park? <laughs> right, so um, this is in regards to Central Park. We had talked about the sculpture garden and, and um, Thanks, Dylan. Getting in more sculptures in, in the garden. So um, I spoke to the parks team, and it is their intent um, to get with a consultant to help them with the master plan um, for Central Park. Um, they're looking into doing it very soon, getting the, um, getting the consultant to work on the master plan. And at that time, when they start working on that, um, it's possible we will come to you for any kind of input. Um, on landscape and sculpture locations and things like that. So as soon as they get their consultant secured um, and we have anything to present to you, I will. And on the certain items, we'll get feedback from you on. I have a question. Mm -hmm. and it, may, I, I, it may be a simple question, but I am. What are the boundaries of the Central Park? So it, Roadway it, that's on this no, side? No, that's actually another out parcel that is owned by somebody. So Central Park actually is just slightly outside the pathway that's already constructed. So it's not a lot of room yeah. horizontally and vertically, obviously, City Hall's here. Yeah. And we do own a bit of land to the right of City Hall, if we're facing north, um, a bit of land to the right of City Hall and a bit of land to the southwest of City Hall past the parking. But that parcel out to the west of the lake is not ours. That's not part of Central Park. That, that strip that's between the park, uh, the, the pathway, and that and parking lot, the roadway? That's correct. That's not ours. Not ours. No. Lake. And I see there's a sign out on the, the, the area there right on the side as you come in is. Right. So here. For I'll, sale, 1.2 acres. 
So if you look at the, oh, I'll bring this up. So this ah, is actually owned by somebody. So I these see. are the boundaries of Central Park. Everything inside that light blue. So this area is what I was talking about here and this area over here. But this parcel is not owned by the city, it is owned by somebody who will eventually develop it, as is this portion right here. And, um, what what is the zoning uh, category of those areas? I mean, is it uh, it's DRI because it's in town center, um, oh, right? Okay. So you would have to I'd have to look up the tracks okay. in I, the I town center map. I would hate to see a well, who knows what kind what you would want to put right around it there. It's probably similar to what is already existing over there. It's just office space probably. That, yeah, without looking at the specific tracks and, and uses, I couldn't tell you right now. I could look those up for you. Um, so the area there that you're showing the around the city hall, those two large parcels, that's all part of it. This? Yeah, that and the other one. Yes. That's that would be items we're going to hear. Uh, well, this in the is future about the update. Possibly, this is probably a possible future expansion of City Hall. So City Hall may at some point get bigger. Yeah. Um, but this all area will be included in the Central Park plan update when that gets started. It's a, it looks a lot smaller than, than most people think. I know that when I was going to move to Palm Coast, they had this whole area full of gazebos and paths and small buildings, so on and so forth. Now, I, as I cycle around, I see medium density, high density, no density, maybe. It's, and it's just, to me, it's another helter-skelter we're seeing a lot more activity in town center as of recently, just amongst everywhere. <laughs> right. The uh, town center stood dormant for a little while, but it is it is starting to pick up with with development. I think that's the key to the whole is the dormant because that this project has been in the works right for twenty years. Uh, I maybe. Uh, Maybe actually more than 20 years. Uh, it was talked about back in 1999. Uh, and, and actually before that, before Palm Coast was a city, this was being uh, looked at. So it's, uh, it has a big history and uh, it has sat dormant for a while, but I'm sure with everything else that's going on, the massive growth that's occurring, we'll be uh, looking at it a lot closer. Yeah. Anyway. So that, that was that. So when I have something to bring before you for input, I will bring it as soon as I do. I have, I have something. Sure. So what you're saying is the sculptures, we're not doing anything further with them until we find out what this master plan is. Well, the only other besides the skater, the one we could do is the one that's proposed in the lake. Right. But that one has the engineering um, that has to be done with it to make sure it's anchored properly. Right. So those two we could do, but the other ones we need to wait until the plan is done because we don't want to put them where a building's going to be and we also don't want them in conflict with the um, night of lights where okay. some of the lights displays go um, I know that's not a city event but we, everybody loves that event um, but so those two sculptures are fine to go in but any others we need to wait for the, the master plan okay. the sale yes speaking of which yes since last month's meeting yes any update on 
on it? Mm -mm. No update. Have you spoken to him at all? Mr. No, I have, I have not spoken to Mr. Matthew Smith since he told me that he is back in business, back building, and he's, he's working on the skater. And the I, Gargiulo I don't, Art Foundation lives on. I'm not sure about that. I have no update on the Gargiulo Art Foundation. Okay, next. Okay, everybody good with this? Any, uh, anybody, any other comments, questions? Okay, let's go on to the next item, other items. And this is the 2022 climate change update. And, uh, oh, oh, great, thank you. Nice. Is it turned on? Okay, so, all right, this is uh, something that I put together to give us a, uh, an update on what we have been talking about for probably several years now. Uh, and this is uh, coming out, this is up-to-date research as of right now. And the first one is that the carbon emissions have not declined. Uh, uh, the, uh, we had a slight decline during the pandemic when uh, the usage of carbon fuels had declined also, but now it's, uh, it's coming back. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, uh, coal uh, burning for power plants is continuing on and some of the others. So, what I uh, point out here is the two bullets, uh, there's no decline. And uh, the research reports that changes in negative events uh, will go on. And uh, what do I gotta do? Try, uh, try both arrows, I'm not sure which one. There you go. Ah, okay. Okay, this is uh, a most, the current uh, graph now did I skip one okay no the the organization where I took this from is called the IPCC it's the intergovernmental panel on climate change it's got funding from a number of sources but it's a composed of a hundreds of researchers climate researchers worldwide many from here in the states at some of the top uh, uh, research university institutions like Stanford, UC Davis, uh, and, and many of the other schools, uh, uh, Cornell. And what they, this is a, a uh, somewhat up-to-date uh, observation or graph of where the global temperatures are going. And I think it's really interesting that we can look at there on the end on the right-hand side, as they call it, the hockey stick, uh, that in 1991, which is all not too long ago as we think of it, uh, uh, it may be long ago to Dylan, but uh, to <laughs> many of us, it's not that long ago, it, the, the Earth was a half degree Celsius cooler than today. Half degree Celsius equivalent to almost a degree of Fahrenheit. So the world has been going up and it's, it's moving right along in that direction. As we look at the graph a little more, we see that what the Paris uh, Conference uh, agreed to was these are the parameters from what they're headed at. Upper is two degrees and lower is a degree and a half. We want to keep it in there if we can. 
can look at it moving right along throughout thousands of years, or at least the 2,000 years, it has stayed pretty much roughly the same going up, but we don't see the spike until the end of the, uh, the beginning of the 20th century and now into the, and when the Industrial Revolution and the internal combustion engine kind of took off. And that's where we are today. Okay, I, and that's what I say here. We, now they have also studied back. They have the record of like tree rings on the giant sequoias and these uh, trees for past years. They have the core sampling. They have the decay of radioactive isotopes that will all give us an idea of where the earth was at those times. And so what they say for the past 100,000 years, the Earth has only reached the temperature where we're at once, about 6,500 years ago, when the temperature was then about what it is today. And they refer to that as an increase was the natural effect of a variation of the Earth's orbit, which I think we should be happy to know that it only occurs several times in the last one million years. So I don't think this is something where we want to go. Now, this group points out the climate conditions for North America, what we could be headed to if we're not doing more to you know, cut back on our carbon emissions. Marine, species killing marine heat waves, stronger hurricanes, we, that's something we need to be very aware of. That. See rainfall, we're seeing it already. Reductions in snowpack, glaciers, and the volume and extent of sea ice, all these things we see. They talk about the cutthroat trout threatened by invasion of the invasive rainbow trout. This spreads into warmer waters. Uh, the cutthroat trout is found out in Yellowstone National Park. It's a beautiful fish. And they get big out there, too. I remember I was out there and we're fishing for cutthroat trout. And they are just very plentiful, or at least they were at the time that I went back, which is a while back. Anyway, trees dying from wildfire, pest invasions, more extensive burned acreage, the fires that we're seeing. This is another item that we need to be really very aware of is reduced agriculture production. 1961, maize and soybeans, corn and soybeans in the Great Plains. This is for us in North America. We take it down a notch, go to Central America, and we see these mass migrations of people which were working in many of the areas in Central America in the corn, uh, the uh, coffee plantations, and many of these places did not have the uh, irrigation systems that we have here. And they had these huge droughts which the folks can't work, they don't, they don't, they don't have enough to eat, they were going somewhere and it was here to lower our southern border. So we need to be aware of that. Uh, the offshore warming of, of waters in the, along the Atlantic, and this is another thing of sea level rise. We're, our sea level, and we talked about this, I, maybe it was over two years ago, uh, what our you know, the many spots in Palm Coast and Flagler County, what their elevation is, and it's not much. So I and so that's what we uh, we may have to face as time goes by. 
Now, what it what these uh, IPCC they they uh, they're just giving a statement of what they're seeing, and so they what they say is matters are only likely to get worse. Worse, and that this potentially irreversible changes has come out from more than them. Other uh, researchers studying this have said the same thing that there may come a time unless we do something right now as we go forward, where there, our systems may not be able to adapt to what we could be seeing, and that could be very disruptive. So uh, the declines in livestock production, worsening conditions, recreational, commercial fishing, that's another thing. Hate to see it. This is a huge graph that they put in. It's got a, uh, like a load of uh, items that they're talking about. But what I think we can just look at rather briefly, because if we, we could take another meeting or two to uh, go over what we're talking about is the major categories at the tops ecosystem structure species range shifts that's different species of terrestrial and ocean and freshwater organisms and changes in timing of different systems natural systems in place like when spring comes when fall comes that type of thing and how that the effect that it has on uh, what our environment, the organisms, and the, the world about us. So what it shows is on the right hand, they have the little uh, dots, what that means. And the darkest dot is the uh, high or very high. And so the first line, if we can just take a look at that, you can go down and look at this. It says global. And everyone is high or very high that there's going to be something changing from a global standpoint in every one of these categories. We can go down to take your continent, take your area that at, at you would like to see. For instance, if we look halfway down, we see North America. And every of the columns has a little black dot. Now they go down to the next one, and they give like a, a idea, an estimate of, uh, of what this impact will be, and they have a plus or minus there. And that's really an interesting uh, uh, little figure, because what it shows is that there may be some positives to this occurring. And so that's the plus and minus. And that means that in, like they have that little key on the, or the, to the right, again, of what the impact to human systems in panel B. And plus or minus says increasing, adverse, and positive. So water scarcity, as the glaciers and the uh, 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 you know the uh, uh, at the top of mountains, the the uh, uh, ice and the snow melt, uh, it may have a positive effect for some time on water scarcity. There may be more water because of that. So that's the positive. The negative is that over time, we may see that it will go to a negative. And then they show some of the other, as they stated earlier. And if we look at global, we see more of the increasing adverse effect negative than the positive. So this is something these guys put together. 
And it's really a summary of everything that we're talking about. It's just an amazing little graph. So I included that uh, along with everything. And they even talk about impacts on health and well-being, infectious diseases. Well, we may see more of that. Heat, malnutrition, and other, and mental health, and displacement, which means the human migration factor. So this is something that we should be aware of at least aware of and think about maybe what we're going to do to help with that because we could see it. Anyway, that's that. And then they have some recommendations of communities, everybody to do something, whatever we can. Uh, this is what, uh, and then I, I go on to uh, uh, speak here a couple things that uh, uh, we can do our part by beginning the process as we have done on this committee going forward, encouraging any energy efficiency in homes, apartments, and both large and small commercial building endeavors, which is what our program was all about. And I hope that that can go forward. The next, uh, in the recent State of the Union address, the President called on Congress to award tax breaks for energy efficient construction. This is something that, you know, would help. And our, at my last line would be our program for revisions to the Green Building Incentive Program is right in line with this, and we should maybe go forward with that. I have one other item, which is hot off the press, and that was that I just found, read this the, yesterday, that the Securities and Exchange Commission, these are the guys that monitor investments, they have adopted a new regulation that requires all companies to disclose to their investors and the federal government what their climate impact is. This regulation requires companies to inform of the risk climate change like droughts, monster storms, and wildfires will have on the company so the investors know the risk before they start putting money in. Apple, Google, Microsoft, and Facebook already have disclosure programs in place to talk about that. But now the SEC is requiring everybody to go forward with that. So uh, that's all I have. And uh, I, I wonder if anybody wants to discuss this. And uh, that's it. What do you think? That's where we are today in 2022. It is an item. I know we're, our, our news and uh, everything is very much preoccupied with uh, uh, events occurring elsewhere in the world. So, uh, But uh, we can drop back on that. Oh, one other item that I, I uh, just thought of that I wanted to mention was Cadillac. Cadillac, the Cadillac Lyric. I, I, maybe everyone has seen that advertised on uh, television, the, their electric car. There's been commercial for it, and the lights are blinking, and the car is going. They are beginning production of that in their plant in Tennessee, and they will start taking orders in May with a starting price of $59,000. So anybody's interested in a in an EV uh, uh, Cadillac? Well, Irene, they're, they're your future vehicle. Looks like a beautiful car. I'll be saving for a while.
So any, any uh, discussion from anyone on uh, on that item? Anything? Yes, sir. Uh, and uh, my name is Mary. Do I need oh, to yes, stand? Please. Okay. I wasn't sure if it's okay for public comment yet. Well, we're the the, I'm ready. Thank we're you. ready for public comment. Come forward. You. You're not limited by the little three that's uh, okay. there. Well, I'll try to keep it. And you are? My name is Mary Vasilevsky. So I work for Forda Green. I'm on the Affordable Housing Advisory Committee. Great. I found out about the meeting from Jacqueline. Uh, we're on the same, well, she was at the committee meeting as well. And we were talking about the local housing ordinance that we're sending over to the Florida Finance Corporation and SHIP. And there was a part about green building and green construction. Um, the way it came up is that I, as someone who works for a green builder, Florida Green has been doing a green certified homes since 2007, and all of us, all, pretty much for the last seven years or so, pr almost all of them have been platinum certified by the Florida Green Building Coalition. Wow. And But I have some feedback for the program um, because the green building incentive program has not been a very functional program. Um, we've, we've discussed that at length. Uh, yeah. The, the committee here, we, we want it to be more. So, and I'm uh, excited. Well, I'm excited for it because I, Jacqueline was telling me that people had some ideas, but I could just briefly, I'm not trying to dismiss it. I think it's a great program, but the problem is when we, um, our manager has been trying to get these incentives that according to the website we were eligible for since many, many years, but every time that we apply, there's a roadblock. Oh no, you don't know this, or no, we don't we don't know anything about the Florida Green Building Coalition and that incentive. Like I literally had someone say, Where'd you get that from? And I'm like, I copy and pasted it from your website. Please help. So um when we try to apply for a permit, there's a little check checkbox that says green build, uh, green build or green permit. And when you go to try to click it, it's not clickable. So, and then when I asked them to address that, they said that you have to submit the permit first and then someone will decide if I'm recalling the email correctly, that someone will decide if this is green or not, and then we'll award you incentives after it's built. But then when I asked, well, all we get the certificates after we're built, can we get these awards? And they're like, no, you're not eligible because you didn't click green building to begin with. Oh yeah, I know that way. That sounds like it's and going And we stuff. tried to do it for our former model, like the builder tried to take another chance at it. And so apparently we were eligible for many awards but then to get any like monetary awards that are listed on their website, it was like pulling teeth, so we gave up. Oh, that's not, that's the red tape we need to cut through. And all of our homes get, like again, we do these incentives and our customers, I mean, we do only green construction. So all of our customers, they'll read the city website and they're like, oh my God, can are you guys eligible for any of these? Are we eligible for any of this? And I have to tell them, like, I, I'm not rude about it, but I'm like, no, we, it's advertising. And then I had a customer say, this is like false advertising. And I was like, it, it's, un, it's unintentional greenwashing. Like, how can you call yourself a green city, but then when someone tries to take advantage of green building, we're not 
we're not helping at least our local people. I'm sure if you had a big builder who had someone on staff fighting it, it'd be different. But when you're a, like local, we were formed in Palm Coast, started in Palm Coast, developed in Palm Coast. And so really excited that Palm Coast is at least trying, but um, I heard that you guys are making some awesome changes. So it's really excited about that. But um, just wanted to give some feedback from the builder end because it, it's just, it, it's a little sad. Okay, that, so, that, that's something that has to be uh, Yeah, but we've uh, built over through, 150 homes. There's one right How many? straight from me. Like, yeah. oh yeah? Of course. Oh yay. We've built like 100, uh, over time, at least 150 homes. In Palm Coast? Mm-hmm. Over wow. like the, what, 14 years, so I mean, if you break it down. But we haven't really received I, I don't want to say we haven't received any awards or rewards, but definitely not since I've been there. We haven't received any support or recognition from the city of Palm Coast, from the building department. or And so it's just, it also makes us look a little bit bad too because it's like, okay, we have all these certificates that are verified by the Florida Green Building Coalition, by the EPA Indoor Air Plus, by um, Energy, like Energy Star certified homes, we get six UF Florida friendly landscaping. And I understand there are some problems with like the water sense, like we stopped doing water star and water. I get that completely. But also why is the only green monetary incentive that Palm Coast has tied to water star? That, I mean, that is important, water is important, but water is a green feature. It is not a holistic, it doesn't make a, a home holistically green. So it's, um, and again, I'm not trying to like berate anyone. It's no one's oh, fault at all. It's like, important to know this. Everyone. It is important. Um, but when I asked um, the building department a few weeks ago, I'm like, this is all on your website. Why aren't we, at, like I copy and pasted it. I'm like, you know, why aren't we able to get any, rec even any recognition that is promised from the city? It's not about the recognition, but that seems like the recognition is something free that the city can give. Hmm. So even something free, they're like, someone responded, well, I don't know anything about that. The person who formed the program a couple years ago is no longer there. So, yeah. Thanks. Of <laughs> oh boy, wow. But, and like, I've even offered over the phone, not on email, so there's no actual record of it. Like, if you need me to come in and help, I will, just use me. <laughs> so. Well, that might be in order. <laughs> but. I mean, and everyone's doing the best they can, so it's not, I mean, everyone at the building department is slammed, Palm Coast, like zoning, slammed, everyone's slammed, so it's not, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Yes, a busy the, place. Yeah, and the building department has, over the last five years, they've drastically improved their permitting processes. It's like a revolution. So I'm like, definitely, City of Palm Coast Building Department is one of the easiest building departments that we work with, and we build in Flagler County, we, Flagler Beach, Volusia County, so like definitely city of Palm Coast is great with their building department. Um, but that's just nice. the one, like the one area of opportunity. And if you guys need anyone to help from the building end to advise, my background is in sustainable development. So if you guys wanna use me, please do. Um, but I'm really excited about what you're doing here. And thank you for summarizing the report from the IPCC. I never thought any, I'd hear I didn't realize that I'd hear this presentation here, so I really appreciate that as well. So, um, yeah, 
Yeah. You'll have to leave us your contact information yes, so please. when we talk about this, we have somewhere to go. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, Jackie asked me to apply to be a part of the committee, um, but again, I just found out about this less than 48 hours ago, so I, I don't know what I can do in 48 hours, but. Oh, you can apply. Okay. In, in the next 48 hours, uh, right, uh, <laughs> to, ladies? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys are looking for anyone, so. Looking for um, every, we're looking for five people according to the paper. Oh, <laughs> okay. And applications are due April 6th. Oh, well that answers my question. And but, uh, you can download that on the, from the city uh, website. Oh yeah. But you, you deal with uh, LED uh, certified homes. We, so we don't do LEED anymore. Or we, the reason why we do Florida Green Building Coalition over LEED is because FGBC is Florida specific. Whereas LEED is, LEED is incredible, but they are global. So the, they have certain restrictions where, you know, you can't get some of your materials from, it may have changed. Yes. You can't have more than like a 500-mile radius to get certain materials, which is, should be fine. But then some of the insulation criteria isn't necessarily applicable to Florida. Like, for example, you don't necessarily want the insulation on the outside of your home in Florida. You want the insulation on the inside of your home. So that it just seems like, you know, not all the points are very specific for Florida, which is of all the places in the US, it's more extreme in heat, moisture, mold control, air quality, like you really, and FGBC specializes in that. But LEED, I'm sure if we started doing LEED, we'd get a couple of certifications as well, not a problem, but LEED is a great program as well. And it's great that it's internationally known and internationally utilized. What about commercial buildings? Uh, is that, are you involved with that too? Or multifamily apartment buildings? We can do, um, our general contractor, he has the license for that. He can do um, two-family homes, multifamily. Um, we can do commercial. We haven't done commercial, but we can do, like, um, we're looking into some projects to see in affordable housing, um, not necessarily, like, in Flagler County, like, AHAC-related, but some we're looking into some projects into getting involved there because, for us, energy efficiency is important. Air quality is monumental. It's a pillar in our construction. Um, of course, resource conservation and durability and environmental and safety for natural events. So those are kind of like the four, four of the eight pillars in our company where we don't compromise on. So, because um, you can have a Energy Star home, but that's not necessarily a green home, right? That, that's just an energy efficient home. It's a, in the umbrella of green, but it's not green. It's like saying in, like a leg is makes a human body. A leg is, is essential, or the heart is essential, but you also need a brain and other things too. So can we look up on the internet, the Florida Green Building Coalition? Yeah, absolutely. Well, website? on the website, it says that uh, if, so Palm Coast in 2010 was certified as a gold green, like gold level green by the Florida Green Building Coalition initially. And then they became LEED certified after two, I think it was somewhere between 2008 and 2012. I can't remember the year exactly. But supposedly, if, um, if you do an FGBC certification, you'll, you're eligible for a $1,000 credit to the builder for getting that certification. All of our homes are certified. We have never gotten a credit. 
So um, it, it just, it does disincentivize a lot from it. But it like even, I asked, when I first came to Florida Green, I asked our manager, I was like, why don't you like apply for the green permit anymore? He's like, A, because it doesn't do anything. B, they keep saying that if we don't do Water Star, we're not eligible for anything. And we used to do Water Star, but then, and we are thinking about doing it again because we're eligible. Um, the biggest thing was irrigation. Like they didn't, if you build in Palm Coast Plantation or Grand Haven or somewhere, you have to have irrigation. But if you have certain, not the right type, you don't get Water Star certification. Whereas most of our buildings are in Palm Coast proper, not necessarily gated communities. So, and we do drip line irrigation. So now we're eligible again and we can look into it legitimately. But we pretty much got it at our model, even in Palm Coast Plantation. But again, we didn't, we weren't eligible for anything. Palm Coast Plantation it's is a county. Yeah. Right. It's county, yeah. I know the county has some incentives as well, but um, yeah, we, it was just, yeah, for anything in the city, it was just like pulling teeth. So, um, but again, part of it was like, are we not familiar with the processes? Like, is it like user error? Is it what? But it just was like you're hitting a wall every time. Hmm. But I mean, the people there, it's nothing against the people there. The people there are really trying their best with what they've got. So please don't, you know, everyone's doing the best with what they got right now. So. And Just, this is a change in the master plan that we should emphasize. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that sounds interesting. But yeah, if you guys need me to write up like a little report, at least in the meantime, before. I applied, be happy to do it. I've had webinars with the Green Building Coalition where they've had me do presentations on what is green building. Um, but, you know, I can send any of those documents as well or just have a cup of coffee with anyone. I, I, everybody, well, that, that sounds like a good idea. Could you? Uh... I was going to ask Mary, I didn't get your last name, but if oh. you have a business card, my name's Irene Schaefer, besides yes. the recording secretary. Recording secretary. Yeah. I'm an administrative manager with planning okay. and community development, which includes building. Yeah. And Jordan also works for community development. If you give, do you have a business card? Yeah. I would like, besides the committee who may want to take action on their own, I would like to discuss this with the, um, Mr. Patrick Buckley, who is the um, chief building official for the city and have someone call you and talk to you and get more information. As you said, um, it could be a number of factors, but would like to be able to help you get to a place where you can submit properly. And offline, I have an application here if you want to just take that with you as well. Thank so you. Well, if no, anyone I'm can do it, it'll be Irene. So yeah. we uh, enjoy. Your email is on the agenda. So uh, I saw Irene Schaefer, you said? Yes. yes. Yeah, I saw. And then Jordan, mm -hmm. I've, um, I have to thank you for all your work because uh, you've been apparently helping us with drop offs and yes. identifying that. Yes, I have. So I have to personally thank you. <laughs> You're very because welcome. Because you saved a lot of our potential customers and customers much grief you're very welcome so no they, they don't understand well, there are a lot you. of grief for everybody yes <laughs> but uh, as far as uh, maybe next month I uh, would everybody you can come and give us a, a, a 
presentation? Sure, if you guys are okay. I don't know what's on your Everybody list. good with that? That's fine. Yes, be fine. Oh, I just, just want to thank you for bringing it to our attention. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes, thank oh. you so much. Oh, thank you guys for listening. And really, you guys, like planning and zoning has always been incredible. Like I've been calling Jackie, when I, especially when I was new, when I was first starting, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help me? And she's been, and everyone that I've encountered with at the city and the county has been super helpful. Denise, I've known since I was in high school. Um, she was, and now she's intern city manager. She went out of her way when uh, our customer happened to buy a lot on a built up street that was a emergent wetland. So it wasn't plotted as a wetland, but it became a wetland over 20 years. So she actually came out there. She had no business, she didn't need to. She came out there to help and explain things and helped with when the DEP came. So everyone has been absolutely awesome. So thank you guys. So okay, I really appreciate great. it. Sounds great. And I think if you meet with Irene, you can uh, get Dan Jordan, uh, get this uh, maybe in the works that this uh, should be, uh, it should be user friendly. It should be very easy uh, to, uh, to do, to apply for these things. Uh, a decision made on, uh, on a, on a basis of what the criteria is that you're looking at. No, nothing only put roadblocks in the way. That's one thing that the city has tried to, as you say, has really uh, made a big effort to do is to get rid of those roadblocks that they used to talk about uh, many years ago having uh, to uh, folks in the development. There were people come, be coming in at the meetings complaining that uh, there's so much roadblock, so much red tape involved, and the city made a plan, and apparently they have. Oh, so, thank you. anyway. Yeah, thank you guys so much. I'm gonna stop talking your thank ear off you now. Thank you for coming out. Hope to see you more. Thank you. Absolutely. Got the application right there. <laughs> okay, well, with that in mind, uh, committee discussion, staff issues. Where are we at here? Everybody is good with everything that's been going on? I have a question for Dylan, the electric vehicle uh, uh, showcase. Yes. What's the update on that? Dylan, that's right, with the sustainable flagler. There you go. Yes, there you go. Uh, I don't remember if I have to state my name again, but um, yes, yeah, so we unfortunately weren't able to do it on the 26th due to all of the rain. I know a variety of other events were postponed there. So we postponed it, and we just as of like yesterday finally confirmed that our new date will be April 9th. So that is um, two weeks from this Saturday. Um, I will send you and I guess I can also send Jordan a flyer if you want to send it to everyone. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited for it. We are, last event we had like nine electric cars there and a lot of them were our personal ones or our friends. Yes. Sir, um, just explain just yes. briefly what it was that you were, had the last time and where. Yeah, um, so we've done it in the city hall parking lot. Um, this time we've definitely officially cleared it with the city. We called um, event planning or something, I don't remember, and they actually... The guy was like, oh, yeah, I was at your last event, and I thought it was super cool. I'm like, okay, that's a coincidence. Um, but anyway, so 
Um, we do it in the City Hall parking lot right now. I know we've talked to them and said we'll want to do a bigger one in the future in the summer and we'll have to get a special event permit. But for now, it's just a meetup of a handful of electric cars and um, this time we'll have some educational resources and some presentations by our club members. Um, and last time we had nine electric cars, most of them Teslas. This time I'm thinking we'll have 30 to 40. Um, we'll see, we'll have a lot of Teslas, Nissan Leafs, Mustang Mach-E, probably BMW i3, i4, iX, um, Arkimoto FUV, a new Plaid Model X. Um, there's a lot I'm forgetting. But we should have a wide diversity. Um, I'm very excited for it. We've just been hearing lots of confirmations recently. So um, I'll get you guys a flyer. And anyone who's at all interested, um, we should have a lot of resources there. What's the time on that? That will be from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. You can stop in whenever you want for however long you want. There's no requirement or anything. Will there be a raffle so I could get a free car? I've been pushing. Not this time. Uh, our ambitious goal is to do that in the summer. I don't think it'll happen. But if you have any contacts that would be willing to sponsor. Okay. Uh, uh, by the way, what, the, the price of the top-of-the-line Tesla that we have one of our one of your guests uh, had at the uh, last one, uh, and yes. who's also a councilman here. Yes. What, what is that roughly? Yes, that is the top of the line, the best of the best. Um, as of like a few days ago, it was 140000 It went up a little bit more. Um, that is a lot of money. It went up a little more. Plus tax? I'm yes, okay. yes. Um, there you go, the free raffle. Yeah, <laughs> if you have that, I'm, I'm going to get a couple. What, what I like to say is that um, that car is better than, in, in many ways, is better than like Got the $3 million supercars. So. <laughs> 70. Well, that's enough for a ticket. There you oh, go. Well. <laughs> okay, well, There that's are obviously great. more affordable ones, but yes. Effort to bring yes. that to a um, pound coast. Of course, thank yeah. you. Um, we, yeah, I'm very excited for it. I think it'll be a good time. We have a lot of people in Jacksonville and some in Orlando. We haven't even reached out very much. We've also been working with, um, I forget her official role, but um, someone in the sustainability segment of the school system in Orange County. Um, and we'll be discussing more with her and we have some partnership with her. So, um, Orange County, that's Orlando. Yes, right? yes, yeah. they have a lot of very good sustainability things. Um, that we're taking a lot of inspiration from. So. Oh, neat. Okay. I don't think well, there's anything else. Anyone has any questions for Dylan? I think that's uh, that's very good. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, you very much for that update. Uh, we'll keep that uh, date, put that on our calendar and get the flyer. That's yep. April 9th. Yes. Yep. And fingers crossed it doesn't rain like last time. Hope not. I Looks like 25% chance, but it's so far out that you don't know. But I'm, I'm feeling good about it, so we'll see. Like a parking lot full of... EV vehicles. Mm -hmm. Gonna have the dancing car again with the doors going up and uh, the lights blinking and the I mean, bouncing. Yes, he can. He can do that if you want. That's that's the Model X, so for sure. Um, that was amazing. Thank you, Dylan. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, okay. I was just going to uh, to bring up uh, the last few meetings. You've asked me about my. Uh, canal. Yes, I I want to so I wanted, wanted to do to that. Just let you know that I haven't renamed it. The Missouri, which is the old muddy, as people <laughs> referred to the Missouri River. <clears throat> but since our last meeting, I got a communication from the mayor's office that the mayor and the new city manager were going to come and look at my canal. And uh, a, a neighbor as well who lives a few houses away. So the other day, a week ago, uh, 
although the mayor couldn't make it, uh, Denise Bevan came to Eastwood Drive. We know Denise well on the committee. And, uh, I want to let you know that uh, she's an incredible environmentalist. And uh, she went to my backyard, took some pictures, and promised that she would investigate this lack of activity by the company that is supposed to be doing the work. So um, a week has passed, and I didn't hear from her until today. And her uh, secretary said that she today, as she's meeting with the... Uh, the people involved in this project and will let me know the circumstances of why there is a lack of activity and when we can expect more activity. But since our last meeting, I've, we've, uh, in my situation, we've had six weeks of absolutely nothing happening except the removal of their machinery down the street to some unknown location. So there's been zero work done and she's aware of that she's aware of the conditions on the canal and uh, I wanted to go out of my way to make sure that you all know that she's uh, working very hard and going uh, the extra mile to make this make to remedy the situation well, I was very great. impressed with her diligence to come out and uh, spend time in my muddy in the woods backyard. That's very nice to hear and I think that's uh, been uh, uh, Denise and the Spivens uh, trademark all along. And maybe well, I've known her a long time she is. working yes. with the city and I'm always impressed with how complete her knowledge is yes. and how diligent she is to follow through on what she says she will do. Okay well that's good news to hear then for you. I like the whole idea of it. Hope it gets moving forward. That and uh I report that on my bike ride through town center the other day, a, a good-sized bobcat ran in front of me and stopped on the sidewalk where I was going to ride, gave me that look, and then wobbled, went off into the woods at no great speed, but it was a pretty cat. And I haven't seen a bobcat. Everybody tells me they're round, but... Good size. We have them up in the neighborhood, yeah. uh, in the B section there. I, at least for now, I don't know. They need the cover, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I added that to my wildlife list. Your life list of wildlife. Very good. Okay, with that in mind, anybody else? Uh, we, we're at the bottom of the page here. Uh, anybody else have anything that they'd like to discuss, bring forward? Uh, items uh, and uh, if not uh, then uh, I think we can uh, entertain a uh, motion motion to adjourn motion second. and seconded we have a motion to adjourn and seconded uh, do I call all those in favor yep. all those in favor Bye. 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 okay uh, the meeting is adjourned